You're listening to A Quarter, written and read by Philip Balashaw. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you'd like to, to subscribe to the blog that I read these from, you can find a link to that in the description. Passing a fountain, which, with a few coins, turned into a wishing well, all children will make a dash for the water and everything in it. Whether the child has heard about such wells or not doesn't matter. In either case, it's their curiosity that gets them going, to finally see one for themselves or else to know what it is they found. James Henry wasn't sure what, where his son fit into this scheme. When had he heard, first heard of wishing wells? It wasn't the sort of thing you remembered. He stood and thought, watching the fountain part the crowd that milled about and around it forcing people to walk behind each other for a moment instead of beside, just like he did to the people he stopped in front of. The sun overhead was an indistinct disk, most of its features besides shape and light obscured by the fog. William complained to his father, who reminded him pointedly, more so than usual, that he couldn't control the weather. He could have done what was within his power, told his son that the fog would clear up later. He didn't know this for a fact, but he could have given it a guess, or just said it, despite his doubts, to make his son happy. Why not? Who would complain if he turned out to be wrong? He had lain in bed that morning, with the radio on, trying to enjoy being able to sleep in. By that time, it wasn't a matter of needing rest, but of not wanting to get up. The weatherman hadn't mentioned fog, cleared away or not. He had dressed with... With both, James had dressed with both sun and rain in mind. A jacket over a shirt covered just about any situation he could foresee. He knew what his son meant by his complaining. He was dissatisfied and wanted, since nobody could change the situation, at least to say how he felt. If you give your son nothing, at least give him that, James thought, as if advising someone else. William asked for something to throw in the well. He got a quarter and did with it as promised. It made a pleasant splash that James figured was about his money's worth. William could enjoy it without weighing the cost. What did you wish for, James asked him. Nothing, William said. What a waste. But James didn't say this as if it really were. He and William watched it as it went down and settled on the fountain's floor. Dropping another quarter would get diminishing returns. It reminded James of cheap mall rides. He preferred fountains over those. You could get a refund without having to complain to anyone, manager or employee. When he was sure nobody was watching, not his son, not anybody else, James rolled up a sleeve and took his money back, wiping it off on his leg to dry it. His wife would be a while longer on her errands. The shopping arcade was a few blocks from the fountain and the docks that stood beside it. She was still Linda Jackson, despite her affection for both his son and husband. She had declined to take his name and become Linda Henry. And how would James Jackson sound, she asked. He had, he had to agree things were better as they were. He was a traditionalist, like everyone is in some regard. He assumed what she wanted, but relented if she knew better. You had to broach the topic somehow, whether with an assumption to be proven right or wrong, or with a question. 
James had felt out of it for weeks now. He tried to estimate when this feeling had begun. He couldn't. It had lasted so long that, like a ship far out to sea, he could no longer see the land he knew must exist. The idea came so suddenly that it frustrated him. He could describe the illness, however vaguely, but not prescribe a cure. To say when was easier than to say why. Time could be divided, simply, into, into then, now, and later. He knew he hadn't always felt so poorly. Reasons, such as for his mood, had to be deduced or discovered. You looked for symptoms and gave an educated guess. You got it right or wrong by chance and understanding, and then figured out how you got your answer. His teacher's reminders from elementary to high school to show your work echoed all the way from childhood. Like a hypochondriac panicking after checking their pulse, he studied himself so closely that he saw things. His body seized type. This wasn't the, the heart attack he feared. No, his hard stare and clenched mouth were something else. It might be how he carried himself. A shudder ran up his spine and stayed there. James looked out at the lake, thinking about how it made the shops and houses beside it waterfront property, and raised their value accordingly. He kept looking until he stopped thinking, about himself or anything else. James fumbled in his pocket for the quarter he had taken from the wishing well. That it was still a little wet surprised him. He gave it to his son again. Whether William recognized it, he didn't know. William said, thank you, as he'd been taught, but did that, as was his habit, after his father said you're welcome to remind him. Wish properly, James commanded. There was enough of a humorous glint in his eyes that a boy as young as William, perceptive but untrained in these things, could see it. William dropped the coin into the lake. James wanted to know what his wish was. For it to fall, William said, looking up and laughing at his father. James made a smile. He held it for as long as was appropriate. He was no closer to knowing what was wrong with him, why he felt out of it, and what he was out of. He hoped that someday, maybe even tomorrow, he'd be able to say it was in the past, whatever it was. Not worth thinking about, this phantom sickness. He saw Linda in the distance, coming to relieve him of his thoughts with all the bags she was carrying. He concentrated for a moment, preparing to tell her what her husband and her son and their quarter had gone through. William helped share this burden of explaining. He did more than his part, though his father kept some details, like that of the twice-given quarter, to himself for later. Whether his son knew or not, James acted like he didn't. The advantages of sharing a bed with his wife, as he saw them, included being able to talk to her without having to single her out for conversation. If everyone in the family had their own separate room like William did, James would have needed to knock on her door and explain the purpose of his visit, rather than getting into it right away, as he did that evening. Something's wrong with me, he said. I'm tense. I can feel it, but I can't explain it. What is it? she asked. James knew her question came automatically, so he repeated himself without irritation. That's just it. I don't know. He was aware, very aware, that this didn't help. But if he had known how to do that, he would have helped himself. She ran down a list of possible causes. Was it a lack of sleep? Had he been eating properly? She asked these questions without motherly concern, 
Neither of them wanted that. She had a problem before her and was trying to solve it as best she knew how. No, that's not why, he said. That's no use. But thank you, he added, lest he be misunderstood. While you were out shopping today and we were inspecting the tourists, I gave Will a quarter to toss in the fountain. He didn't wish for anything. I got it back the first time. The water's not so deep, you know. The second time, he threw it in the lake. She ducked her head as she laughed a little. Said he wished for it to fall. He wanted to make this moment last longer. Her laughter ended with his sentence, though not because of it. That was A Quarter, written and read by Philip Alisha. As always, remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you'd like to, to subscribe to the blog that I upload these stories from, you can find a link to that in the description. Thank you, and until next time.